Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're What's up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Whether you're a longtime listener or this is your first time downloading, we truly appreciate the support. This is episode 221, and we're recording on Sunday, March 21st, 2021, and the show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Please go to BetOnline.ag today and use the promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a sweet sign-up bonus, and you'll receive that, that you'll receive after making your first deposit. A little fumble there. We have another episode full of Boston hockey talk today. We're going all over the place for the, the Bruins pot and family on the audio and the YouTube viewers, the awesome YouTube viewers. You guys are the best. If you haven't checked out our black and gold hockey podcast, YouTube channel, please do it and hit the subscription tab and notifications bell. You can also follow us on Instagram at black and gold hockey. Enough with that silliness of a show start of a show. We're going to come in hot with my friend, my best friend, my co-host, Heather Angerson. Heather, what is happening, girl? Hello, Mark. All right, I'm having a Sunday. Nice to be here with you, though. Let's. I promise I got 
I'm going to stay focused, though, regardless. How was your week, buddy? Happy spring. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I know it's a couple days late. But... Yeah, I, I, it was good. I, I'm, St. Patty's was okay. We, I mean, still not doing anything, still staying at home, doing the whole the COVID crap thing. But um, I managed to uh, get some green um, food coloring and make a huge pink wit with it. And it worked out great. I, I actually deleted the photo. I should have sent it to you. But uh, <laughs> no, actually, I tweeted it out. And it was a very greenish, very St. Patty's Day drink, and it was a lot of fun. And um, the rest of the week was, uh, you know, you know the grind. Well, that being said, happy birthday to my man Barry, whose birthday was on Wednesday. Nice, he was a St. nice. Patty's baby. Wait a minute, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me throw this up there for some other birthday mentions too. So, okay. happy birthday to Barry. Happy birthday, sir. Thank you very much for allowing Heather to come in and do this every week. We really appreciate that. And um, a happy birthday to my friend Gene Hamill. He's a, a, a former Bruins fan, big Red Sox guy, but I know he liked the hockey back in the day. And also birthday. a birthday shout out to Sharon Santasoso, my friend Sharon. She's the lovely Sharon, and I miss, and I miss her. So hopefully hang out soon. But Hello. Birth- birthday shout outs all around. Happy birthday to everyone. Um, yeah, so are we ready to go? Because we can start with a couple other actually, birthday stuff. I actually want to come in hot with this recent item. Um, mm-hmm. My friend uh, uh, Cody, he's a listener up in New Hampshire. He listens to the Black and Gold Hockey podcast all the time. Made a big-ass purchase on our Fanatics banner on the website. Look at that. Wow. That is amazing. Cody, you are an awesome person. Thank you so much for financially supporting us on on several avenues of what we do here at our Black and Gold Sports Media Company. And he's also signed up to be a Patreon. So that was just an awesome thing to do. So, Cody, thank you very much. I think I have everything, the shout outs all set. So I think we can right. actually start the show. Well, thank you, Cody. I hope you got some awesome stuff with that order. Looks like you got some good stuff for your fan self. And uh, thank you for always supporting Absolutely. And everybody out there too. Shout out to all the shout outs to all the yeah, people. Yeah, everybody. Oh, this. and and speaking of Patreon, we're going to be giving this Wayne Cashman signed puck nice. away later on in the show. So stay to the end to somebody that's going to be lucky. Comes with a COA and everything. Perfect. Love it. Let's rock and roll, Heather. Okay, so um, let's continue with some birthday shout-outs. We just, I just want to say happy birthday to former Captain Zidano, turning 44. He's a beast. We all know that. And happy 76th birthday to the one, the only, Bobby Orr. Uh, and <laughs> today came in about Ally Afraidy. I believe Chris Blackie said somewhere about his cousin. Um, Ally Afraidy, the master of the skullet, as Mark said. Uh, happy birthday to you, too, sir. Like... Uh, so, yeah, that one just came in this morning. So, happy birthday to all our former greats. And uh, I remember when Ally Afraidy came, I was just so mad. I was like, how can I be mad we have Ally Afraidy? I just I know. was. This is I the know. circumstances. It's okay. It's okay. Happy birthday, gentlemen. Uh, keep on being the legends that you are. And uh, anybody who doesn't know who Ally Afraidy is, it's called Google Bitches. Look them up. Yeah, the original hardest shot, um, I think it was – Oh, I don't even remember, but it wasn't even close to Chara's uh, thing. But he was the, like the original hottest shot. Him and, um, oh, my God, I don't know why. Never mind. Anyways, Al but yeah. McGinnis. Thank you. Al McGinnis. Al McGinnis. I'm going, oh, my God, I can't think of the dude in Calgary right now who's one of the most awesome dudes ever and all his red yeah. hair. And I just, I can't believe I forgot. I couldn't think of Al McGinnis. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You really Before, are awesome, but- 
before we go in and talk about uh, the upcoming, I mean, uh, last week's action, I do want to talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Betonline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the easiest and best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, online sportsbook experts. Wow, I almost forgot that ad read. I was <laughs> I thinking, did you already forget our favorite read? people at BetOnline.ag? I'm sorry. <laughs> we're just, we're coming in hot. We're just, we're, we're. Happy to be here talking Bruins with my best friend and so on, but we're also just off the wall because hockey we're hasn't missing. been. Yeah, we're missing some hockey right now, so we're we'll messy. get into um, that. I was thinking, didn't you already do the bet online, AG? No. Like, I imagined you doing it because I'm so used to you just doing it. Yeah. I'm seeing that missing hockey. I saw the funniest tweet this one that was like, I miss hockey so bad. I walked up to this dumpster and said, go Red Wings. <laughs> My dad was from Detroit, so I have oh, I can man. I can kind of feel their pain being That's someone funny. who has family from there. But I just thought that was funny because, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Jesus, let's get right into okay. the freaking action we right. talked about last week. All right, let's be serious. On Monday, uh, the fifteenth, the Penguins uh, beat us four to one. They made us look silly, silly, and I know everyone was all pissed at Yarrow. He let off two crappy goals in the first, but that doesn't excuse the forty minutes after that, that the boys in front of him played. So those were my first two notes I had. Mark, would you like to discuss this game a little? Uh, good, bad, and mostly ugly. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Grizzlick scored the only goal on the power play uh, for Marshawn and Pasternak. That was the light in that whole entire game. Go ahead. Sorry, sir. Yeah, very, uh, they just uh, – right after that Grizzlick goal, it was like they really stepped on, on the gas there and, and really – uh, contain the Boston Bruins from any effort to try to get back in that game at all. Um, disappointing to say the least. It's not the way I, I particularly wanted to start two against a team on the road. Um, that was on the road, right? Yes, yes, it was. They were in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I just wish that the the effort was a, was there a little bit more against teams like this. I know Pittsburgh's riding a high right now because of their new acquisitions of their their um the new general manager, Ron Hextall and an assistant, Brian Burke. Um, so they've been on a tear themselves trying to get, you know, to, uh, trying to play better. But so that's not an excuse. The Bruins have to show up. Uh, injuries aren't an excuse anymore for me. Next man up mentality has got to keep it up. We got to find secondary scoring to get back in the games. And we're not doing that. So pretty much it was a disappointing loss um, for me. And uh, there's no excuse. Uh, I am going to, I'm not going to talk about Yara right now. I will talk about him in the duds and studs segment. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's it for me for that game. Um, I had two more notes that I wrote down. Um, in the last power play with four minutes left. I mean, this game was gross, but like you still had four minutes left. It wasn't so crazy that you couldn't have still, you know, at least made the effort. Like you're trying to come back, you know? 
I am not the only person I'm not really I passed him as two perfect fucking chances on that power play. And the one person I wasn't mad at was Nick Ritchie. So I just wanted to say that because I know I don't love Nick Ritchie, but I do give people credit when credit's due. He was trying to make that power play happen. And like none of the finishers were finishing. And that was that was kind of the to me the kind of summed up the game. Like one dude trying real hard, everyone else like trying, but at this point, there's four minutes left. So what's the point? Everyone's defeated. They need to figure out how to get over that. Like I said, I don't care. Go get Daddy Char on the damn phone on Zoom call and tell them. Get your puss face off. Get your asses up. Get your puss faces off and fucking make something happen. Don't let it keep getting worse. And like I feel like that's how our response has been. If it's not going our way, where before we'd bounce back, it was like, we've got this third period. We're not having that bounce back. We're having by halfway through the second, you know whether we might come back or we're going to lose this game. And they deserve to lose the game. And the other note I had is everyone kept saying on Twitter and stuff, they look like the 2015-16 Bruins. And you know what? I don't disagree. And you know what happened in February of 2017? February 8th amongst a Patriots parade, Claude Julian got his ass. And now I'm not saying he was there a long time. And like Julian, everyone, he was here 10 years. So it makes a coaching change was needed either way at that thing. But we were a team that were going to probably make the playoffs and probably get knocked off in the first round, which is exactly what happened. I think we made the second round, you know, but like we, it wasn't, it was the chemistry of the team and it was the players that were comprising the team. And some of it, yes, is on the coach, but some of it is also the composition of the players you have. And, but yeah, keep that in mind, all you people. Uh, yeah, well, I'm trying to not get my coach fired come, you know, October of next year. I just, or if he deserves it, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, keep, don't have your wish that we continue to look like the 2015 16 Bruins because that shit was painful. It was like the chug along season. Like, oh God, like we're yeah. so mediocre. I don't want to be mediocre. Was this the game that, um, new, Bruins defenseman uh, Jared Tenorti took the hit from Tanev. Uh, was that the game or was it the next one? I think it might have been that game. Yeah. Because he didn't miss a game, right? Well, I think it might have been Monday's game and he was back Tuesday. Like he no, played. no, he's not He's not back. It mu- then it must have been Tuesday's game. No, it must have been Monday's game because he wasn't there on Tuesday. But was he? But Thursday. That's what I mean, though. We played Thursday, too. Did he get and hit? He wasn't, I don't no, know. no, he didn't play. Let me so. look. Did you Either see the way, hit? Though, did you see the hit? No, I did. Yeah, I just what don't What do you think of it? Doing. I don't think it was the same kind of hit as the Brandon Carlo hit was, you know, generally speaking. Hard hits happen. Do you know what I mean? I, I yeah. think given what happened within the week, that's a way different hit than Brandon Carlo. I don't think that dude's a, like, that's not to me suspension, whatever. I think the penalty and actually addressing it on the, I, you know, like that's where it starts. And that's for the league to review. I did not think that was a dirty hit, but I definitely think it's one of those hits you should be reviewing the shit out of just to make sure if there's not supplementary or whatever. But yeah. I absolutely am going to compare that to like the Carlo hit or some of the other hits we've seen in the last week or two in the NHL. That was a hockey hit to me. That's yep. what, and- to me, everyone was screaming Tom Wilson's hit was, but wasn't. Yeah, well, I I think the Wilson one was a lot dirtier. Well, that's this- what I mean. That was a dirty hit. This right. was a hard hockey hit. This That's particular awesome. hit for me was uh, Tenorti losing his balance uh, was a, a major factor to this and the impact. Um, I don't think that when Tanev came over and made contact, I think that once that happened, 
it was one of those situations that Tonori kind of buckled a little bit, but that, you know, turned around to have his back hit the boards instead of going head first. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's benefits to that. Hopefully he's okay. And so on. I know that yeah. he's got, has concussion issues before, I think at least yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. But no, I didn't think that was like, I mean, as hot, like that to me was more of what people say a hockey hit should be. You know what I mean? And like you said, yeah. those are the kind of things sometimes you're balanced, but I don't, I definitely didn't see intent like okay. in him going. He wasn't, I don't think, in trying to hit Tenorti. Maybe he took a little advantage of him being a little off balance. That's a different situation, though, because like it's everyone always says what ownership's on the person getting hit. I think the most of the ownership is always on the person throwing a hit. That's just for me because you're the one who can control, like I said, uh, you know, even if Brandon Carlo had hit his head, but Tom Wilson came in and tried to hold up and put himself against the boards and then hit him, that would have been a totally different situation than what had happened. Like right. in this situation, you know, to me, this is the type of one where there's a little more ownership on the player themselves and the person hitting them because, and I didn't see intent or anything other than trying right. to do a good hockey play as right. opposed to some other hits. Like, again, not to keep using Wilson, but he's obviously one we think of right now because we're missing Brandon Carlo. You know, that to me is the kind of play you're trying to get out, not the the physicality of hockey is good on that, on the Tanev play as opposed to that play. And if Tom Wilson played a little more like that, you know, maybe he wouldn't always get in trouble every two years or whatever. Every every 18 months. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, that was a disgusting game. And I hope we never have to watch that game again, which we won't, but the good news is, is on Tuesday, we won four to one uh, and lots of power play. I mean, they looked much better on Tuesday. Is that, was that the one when Malkin got hit? I think that was the, yeah, I believe so. The second, yeah, Yeah. I think it was the second game. Um, But anyways, big news, Dan Vladar. Now, um, before we get, we'll talk about Dan and had his first, well, not his first, but we don't, I don't want to count the one in the playoffs with his poor kids. Like he has a new contract. Oh, by the way, Tuka's going home and you now have to start this game versus Caroline. That was not a good situation. I mean, I'm not mad at him, but this was a good, a good fresh start to have a real, I know I'm going to start be in the ready in the mind frame, but um. Everyone kept saying that they should start swimming because they're hot. And I love goaltending, as you know, but I'm certainly not like a goaltending person like you. But I kept saying, this is insane. Swayman is awesome. Loved him when we saw him at like camp that year, but watching him in Maine, obviously, because we're Hockey East people. You know, thing, he's doing great. He's on a hot ass streak. But being on a hot ass streak at the AHL level is not the same as having Sidney Crosby be your first opponent and having Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, and Malkin just tool on your ass. And they have other people get sold. You know, you could go on and on like not a good situation. I think like, had they wanted to play him versus Buffalo. Okay. But not versus Dan Vladar has been around longer and he's earned that spot and he deserves, he, his whole role should be the backup to the backup. Like, and that's nothing against Swayman. Obviously we talked about, I think the idea is they're the tandem of the future, but right now if Tuka's gone out of the tandem, it only makes sense that Vladar becomes the next part of the tandem. Yep. And that that's just my thought. But anyways, I, Dan Vladar. Yeah, I am full I am full on for seniority when it comes to um uh, advancement. Um and I, this is not a knock against Jeremy Swayman at all. Absolutely. And like you said, he's having a fantastic start to his pro career, but it's his first experience at the professional level down in the American Hockey League. That is a little tough for me to to see him just be inserted into a lineup and expect, you know, the same results that he's getting in a different and lower league. Um, I just think that 
you know, it's not about split time with who's with who and and who's teaching who not, you know, with the Senza and Dunham. They're all basically getting equal time and so on. But I just think that Dan's been around the professional game experience, whether it be yeah. in the coast, whether it be in the American Hockey League, and now he's got his taste of the NHL and, and even had it against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I believe that's who he played. Um, so I, I think that him being prepared for this throughout all that time in the in the in the organization patience, breeding patience with this, with this individual is um is paid dividends in his first game. And I'm so proud of the kid, man. I really am. Yeah. He's been a it's been nice to see the slow progression because uh, in our past, what being Bruins fans, we've seen them kind of burn out goalies or not get them the right training. And, you know, he's been given time to change the North American style. And really, and I agree with you, he's had more experience working with the coaches and not only that, but just being around Tuca and Yarrow or whoever, you know, like the experience uh, to help him become more. And he's, He's not ready to be our starting goaltender, but he's certainly ready to be given more responsibility when it's time to give someone more responsibility. Because if not, again, what are you gonna what are you gonna never let him get the experience? Maybe he ends up maybe Swayman ends up being the starter in the future and he's the backup. You still want him to be the best him he can be. Yep. And part of that is sometimes. And I think it was a good challenge for him. Also, had our defense been more um healthy or whatever, to me that might have I still don't think Swayman should have started, but that might have been Given how we've been playing up front, I think that Vladar is more ready to handle that if it gets sloppy in front of him with the Penguins kind of yeah. situation too, you know. And um, and you heard and you heard um, Dale Arnold later on in the after uh, in the post game show saying that Dunham and Asenza really pushed to get Vladar that start. You know, it's just a confidence builder for him. These guys are with him all the time. You know, he's probably saying he's ready. He wants to get a game soon. He's feeding that freaking energy from being up with the NHL level right now, whether it be in the taxi squad, the third goaltender, or just traveling uh, to Marlboro to play in games in the, in the A. I just think that these guys were like, let's get this, let's get this kid a taste and let's see what we have in him. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause even if you're not going to put the, actual title on him to be the backup or whatever yet you got to start treating him like he is he needs to be ready to be able to step in and I'm sure that when they came back to camp it's been very clear I don't think Jeremy Swayman thought he's getting the start up if something happens to Yarrow or Tuka over Vladar because again one thing is people do understand a little bit of pecking order and like yeah. experience but what is good though is that yeah, sure, Vladar's not playing now but he's played enough professional games if he does ride if him and Yarrow have to keep splitting for another week or two or whatever the situation is. We don't really know. Um, that's good for him. He can have little doses because Yarrow, the problem, like I think with Yarrow started, he's not in the situation where he can still get you 15 games in a row. So it's good that they have someone they can rest him too, because mm -hmm. you don't want to burn him out. And then if Tuca comes back and now we're going into the playoffs and you know, near the end, I mean, what are they playing like 27 games in four, 40 days or something crazy yep. now? Cause we've had a few more gone, but um, yeah, but it was a much better game. I thought on Tuesday, looking more like ourselves, good, big win for him. Oscar Steen made his debut. Yeah. What'd you think? How'd he look up there? The kid, I'll tell you, the kid's a freaking tank down below. He reminds me of, uh, I saw a picture of, you know, how Cros Crosby's got some freaking uh, decent, well-built legs. Yeah. Oscar, Oscar Steen has, is a tank from the waist down, seriously. And um, 
that's probably one of the reasons why he got the call because his his positioning's been so good. I know Don Sweeney's been down in Marlboro when they have the chance to go to the New England Sports Center to watch these games and evaluate. And Oscar's definitely taking a big step in his development. Last year was his first year of 200 by 85 sheet ice. Um, and I think that was a good adjustment for him. This year, he, he's taking that and he's getting a little more aggressive. He's winning board battles a lot more than I've ever seen him before. And it's probably because of that shorter ice experience. So, um, And he got the call, which is good. I mean, Oscar's been around since 2016. There's, I think, a sixth or seventh, seventh round pick. So, um, you know, good, good on him. You know, it's it, first game jitters. I mean, nothing really came out to me, but his speed was uh, was definitely noticeable, and his aggressiveness was noticeable. And he didn't and he didn't take any shit either. So you know, that's good. More time, obviously, he's gonna get. He's gonna round out his game. He'd get more offensive. We're gonna probably see that shot that uh, the NHL release that he has because it it is lethal when he uses it. Yeah, I thought he looked all right. I mean, I wasn't obviously expecting much of him, not meaning like I don't think he's a good player, but I mean, what do you want? You're like the eighth defenseman, ninth defenseman up at this point. Yeah. You know, like just kid, go out there and please help not make the bleed, like help caught the bleeding. Like just yeah. that's what we're looking for. And I think he did that. I mean, you can certainly see he's got those big old uh, trunks like Crosby uh, and uh, Krug and them with just like, like how big some of these hockey players' thighs are bigger than my body like they're just you know they are like the workout but no you can see like the power in his legs and yeah I mean it wasn't it would have been great you know maybe he got a goal or whatever good for him but that would have been icing but I think it looked can't get much worse and he did exactly what he do he went out and he played his role like you said he was tough you know which is something that it's so weird we have plenty of people who could be a tough guy it doesn't have to be like oh like you know how Frederick likes fighting you know I'm not saying that kind of tough but like we just haven't looked tough on the puck at all like yeah. we just haven't we give it over like people no wonder why we got trucked a few games no wonder why we lost to the devils and stuff last week but um yeah so those were really those oh that being pasta got a goal uh, from Marshy and Grizzlick and your boy Trent Frederick got the game winner technically because we won two to one. Uh, I just call him Florida. our boy, okay? Welcome him into your arms, Heather. Damn it! I'm not hugging redheads, no. You know, if you, I'm trying to like him, but he's looking like Dougie Hamilton. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, that's <laughs> no, tough. I'm only that's kidding. Tough fake right there. No, I'm just kidding. Mark, in all seriousness, you know how much I hate Dougie Hamilton. I really would never compare him to Dougie Hamilton. No, but like I said, you know, so. Uh, your boy turn Frederick. I say that because you love this dude. You you have you like he's like your son. You, your you love all the prospects, just like a just like a good parent. You love all of your kids equally ish. Yes, I like <laughs> you're, that. Ish. You're not cheering for Oscar Steen quite as hard as you are Trent Frederick. That's Nothing right. against Oscar. You want him to do well, but you're like that's I my boy. You're like dotting your hanky when he scores his goal, his first goal there. You're like, yeah, that's him. Um, yeah, so that was that one in a nutshell looked much better. Then we played Buffalo uh, on Thursday. Uh, we won 4-1 to in Buffalo. Oh, I want to go back to Monday's game. We were lucky that was only a 4-1 to game. That should have been like a 10-1 to game. We played like ass. I just had to reinforce it. That being said, we didn't lose to Buffalo, which is totally our trait that we would have beat the Penguins on Tuesday in great fashion. Um, but Thursday, see Buffalo. Um, if they had dropped this game, fill in the blank. If they had lost to Buffalo on Thursday, what's an emotion that you would have had? 
Uh, I would be um, Ron Burgundy in a phone booth. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't understand what how this a team like the Bruins could, you know, that there's a dumpster fire going on in Buffalo, and I don't want to be exposed to losing to something like that. So um, the, that I, that would not be acceptable, and that's probably a loss that would probably be a little bit of reaction to what's to come uh, on before the April 12th deadline. It might, you know, that might put a, put a panic button on, uh, on things moving forward here. Yeah. Um, I was thinking I would be like the Jerry Maguire flip out. Fuck this team. Who's coming <laughs> with me? Who's coming? No, I'm just kidding. You, you. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Craig McKegg scored a goal. Again. Unbelievable. Tap the McKegg. Yeah. Uh, from Grizz. Uh, DeBrusque scored a power play goal from Pasta and Krejci. Smith scored from Krejci and Clifton. And Pasta scored a power play goal from Krejci and Marshawn. Oh, my God. I love me some David Krejci. Sorry, I had to say it out loud. We'll talk about him in a minute. But um, looked good. And uh, Jack made his debut on Thursday on defense. Yes? Jack Ashan, yes. He yeah. uh, came up from the Providence Bruins. He's been looking good down there. Um, he's uh, real steady. He's a very small defenseman. So he's going to be compared to Tory Krug. Uh, he's very strong, though. So it's, the comparison's very it, – it's so close. Um, but he's been doing so good down at Providence. And, and this is his first year coming uh, into the pro hockey out of the St. Cloud State. And um, I know that I reached out uh, via Twitter to his father, uh, Tim, and uh, just to say congratulations and so on, and must be a proud moment to uh, have him in there. But um, you know, I mean, to me, it was much what what like um, Bruce Cassidy said in his post game. You know, it was his first game. It was just it was a, it, it's, it's an adjustment period for sure. There were times that he didn't look good, but there were times that he you know did. Uh, you look at some things that he could improve on and so on. So I mean, good on him. It was, I believe that this was a. Um, I know if if Tenorti could have gone, I don't think he would have been in. But still, he look again, just like Oscar Steen. I'm not asking too much of you. I'm asking you to go out there, you know, give it. Yep. You get your chance, show off a little bit. You know what I mean, and yep. do your job. Looking good, yeah. He has been having himself a good year too. It's hard. I feel bad for the Providence guys because they do have such a shortened season against the same people over and over I again. Know. You know, just. I mean, I'm glad they get it in, but still, that's kind of hard. But um, also, how about how's the second line going? They uh, showed up hard on Thursday, which I know it's like, yeah, it's Buffalo, but still, like doing all sorts of the things that they everyone wants them to be doing, or at least today's incarnation of the second line. Who knows what it'll look like if we ever get to play hockey again, or if they do. Um, yeah, but I thought overall good game. I mean, yeah, it's Buffalo, but they they just looked better. Like I, you get worried, like the way they've been playing, I get worried. Like they looked like crap on Monday, and then Tuesday they looked good. And what were we gonna get on Thursday <laughs> playing that game? Uh, but that's kind of how it's been. Uh, so overall, though, pretty good. And glad we didn't lose to Buffalo. I just feel so bad for the fans in Buffalo. I feel bad for the people who have to play in Buffalo. I feel bad. Like, I mean, like I said, when Ralph Kruger got fired, this poor dude has COVID and then he gets fired. And I'm thinking, yeah, um, I don't think that's the whole problem. I think we need to really reassess before the city burns shit down. This freaking Buffalo city and and hockey team and organization and and, company, whatever you want to call them, just brings me to the movie Major League um, when the female owner, it's like, 
you know, this, this scouting staff is like, they're looking at, <laughs> they're looking at a list of available players and yeah. the guy goes, this guy's dead. And he goes, then cross him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, why I, that's all I think about when I think about the Buffalo Sabres and, and how their, their operations are right now. Like, Ter- yeah. is it Terry Pergula, the wife? Yeah. Yeah, she's just like that freaking woman on Major League. Well, this is the thing is one, I can't be too harsh because they also own my Buffalo Bills. But this is what I will criticize them on. They have gone all in for the Bills fans to build them a fucking team again. Okay, excuse my language. It's a passionate subject for me. As you know, it was a long drought. And even though we didn't beat the cheese, Uh, sorry, no football. I know. But anyways, they also own the Sabres. And the problem is, is that they haven't put the same passion into the Sabres as they have with the bills and that's what they need to do because I don't think they quite realize the hockey market that they're in charge of. I don't think they, they understand. They don't, we feel the pain of the Buffalo fans and the players more than I think their owners do. And that's a problem. And that's why that's a good comparison with the major league. I don't think it's the malicious girl, but if they start putting a, we're going to win and start stripping her down in the locker room, I'm not mad at them either, you know? Um, but uh, okay, if, if you're out there and you have no idea what we're talking about, just look up major league. Yeah, classic, watch the classic watch American the cinema. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so like I just I, not to go on to the Buffalo Sabers, but like I feel for them. Like they need help. They need help. Aren't we? Isn't our owner based out of Buffalo? Maybe he could buy them too. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I don't think, you, know, you can't own two teams in the same league. I don't think. But like maybe he can buy the Bills and they can put their money into the Sabers. I don't know. The Sabers need help. And when Crew got fired, everyone was like, "Why can't we get fired too?" Like it's. Like it really, I really think Ralph Kuga went home and was like, "Thank God that's over." And that was a fun experiment. I'd like to give it a try another time, just not there. I wonder if Jack Eichel's happy about that now. No, <sighs> probably not, because by all accounts, Krug like that's the whole thing is the players all really like their coach. Can't yeah. they all just continue to suck together? At least they got a guy that like all the players love this dude. Like, I mean, sure, yeah. maybe as hockey coaches going, he's not the best in that, but maybe he can stay on as their inspirational coach of some sort. Cause yeah, I'm sure Ico was thrilled. He's like sitting out back and then he's like, Oh good. Like <laughs> he's like, I'm fucking out of here. Another guy. Another guy here. to take direction from. Jesus. Oh my God. Jesus. No wonder. It's like, I'm really, he, he himself is going, Oh my God. It's like a, gr- a woman who's getting old and you're like, are my ovaries drying out? That's what Jack Eichel's doing. My best years are behind me. What can I still get done from here on out? Sorry. That's a weird comparison, but that's what yeah, I'm thinking. Was- but- um, after that, I would like to uh, talk just about David Krejci for a minute because on Thursday, he got his 700th, 701st, and 702nd uh, assist, a, a point, not just assist. He happened to have three assists that day. Sorry, my brain got a little crazy. Um, I just want to talk about David Krejci because David Krejci is awesome and underappreciated, which was really a question I had for you. Um do you think he's still underappreciated? Do you think his value, maybe people were reminded a little this week of why David Krejci, he's not our loudest player, but he's one of our most consistent uh, players. Just a few numbers on him. He's eighth on all-time points with 702. He's seventh on all-time games played list. He's 18th on the all-time goal list, but he's really more of an assist man, and he's got 494 of those. He's two behind Rick Middleton, so I'm sure he'll pass him if they get to play again. And he's chasing Wayne Cashman at 516, the only other person. Oh, that's kind of funny. Right. We're and giving Bergeron, away a puck. 
and then yeah i know when you said that i was like this is perfect for this segment and bergeron is ahead of cashman so obviously him and bergeron appears and bergeron will keep getting them too but um just why do people not appreciate david krejci the way me and chris blackie do i don't know is it because we always remember or no? Because I what did I tweet? David Krejci's getting two goals tonight, one for me and Chris Blackie. Never mind. I meant he's getting us lots of points. Just Krejci's looked really good this week, and I just want to. What I find is the narrative is this guy's only an assist guy, and he's making seven point two five million. So for me, it's it's the frustration comes with his with his base salary. And I think that's where a lot of fans gravitate to. Um, they think that a $7 million player should be producing 100 points consecutively. Well, th- at the time when when uh, Peter Shirelli made that deal, I think that it was at uh, that was a market price for a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't go wrong with with trying to be competitive at a certain time. Now, is is he worth seven million dollars? I don't believe so, but it is what it is when you're under a contract. You have to abide by it. Now, if he stays an extra year or two, that remains to be seen. I haven't heard any rumblings of him being retained for further services as much as I've heard about Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Alak coming back as a tandem. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, he's still a good player. He's an emotional freaking uh, leader in there. He's a quiet leader, but he's somebody that can be approached to uh, to ask about experience for the young guys that are coming up and through the system. So whether he stays or not, I think he's a mo- he's a very underrated player um, as an assist guy and so on. But and I also still would love to see him flipped around. I really want to see before he ends his career. I want to see without being an injury thing. Just a mm-hmm. hey, let's try this. I want to see Krejci on the front line. I want to see Bergeron on the second line. And I know people are going to hate it, but it is what it is. I don't mind when that happens. My thing is with contracts, this goes for everyone's contract. Shut the f- up because you get signed in the year of what your value is. All right. David Krejci is still one of your top point getters on your team. Solid. Also centers job. Like if you have a center that puts up a mis- a million assists. And I'm not saying like crazy, obviously he's had bigger years than other years, but he's still a point every, every other game, you know, and he makes up it. say if he goes a couple games, then he gets three points to make up for the other, you know? So I think that people really, the center's job isn't to score the goals. The center's job is to be the visionary that helps get the wingers in the position or their passes or whatever. I mean, yes, it's great. You want your center to score goals, but they're not supposed to be your 40 goal score. You know what I mean? Like their job is to put up 70 assists type of situation. And uh, that's just my perception of it. I'm not, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like for me, that is his role. And he does that job still very, very, very effectively. And I think because he doesn't get a lot of goals, people forget that. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, that's not, he does do his job. Now you want to argue the money. Well, again, when he signed that, he was worth that. And he's still worth probably four. Like we said, if he re- like he's still worth a $4 million on the open market, even as a veteran to a team. So it's not like his value is he's not playing a million dollar player style for the seven mil. Okay. Like he's just riding out the contract he was given in the beginning and he's play- stayed pretty healthy and he's played, you know, I mean, Shirelli hasn't been around in a while. If you, if people think about it, you know, but Krejci has still been here and he's still, he's 
his production might not be as high, but no players is usually that late in their career. I would love to see him get at least one more year. Like I said, I'd love to see him and Bergeron retire together probably out the same year. And then we just, whatever happens, happens. But uh, yeah, so that's on, I just, like I said, I think David Krejci, 700 points. Like I said, you, I think people should look him up sometimes where he sits with all these people that we worship as Bruins fans, Wayne Cashman and the whatevers, you know, like yep. look and see where Krejci sits before you totally think he's been overplayed. Go ahead, hon. Awesome. And also what we should talk about is a valued member of, of, of life. And that is uh, what, what makes the compass go North in in no matter what season it is during the year. And that's blue chew. So why don't we do our our ad read for blue chew? Okay. Blue chew. It is. Let me tell you about blue chew. Blue chew is the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take it anytime, day or night empty stomach whenever you're ready to go or you want to be ready to go, I should say. Um, It's made in the USA and it's prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to wait in line or go to to the doctor. Uh, And it's cheaper than any pharmacy that you probably can think of. They ship it right to your house. It's nice and discreet. So, you know, I mean, not that you need to feel weird about getting some blue chew, but if you do and you want to keep it discreet, it's perfect. Um, no ha- hassle, no mess, and it's fast and easy, and it helps you get better confidence where it most counts. And we all know where that is because we are grown adults. Right. We like the North game. We don't like the South North game. North game. Uh, yes. But anyways, we have a very special, special offer. If you Go to bluechew.com, blue like the color. You put in black and gold, black and gold, all caps. You get your shipment for free. You just, well, this, get your order for free and your shipment for just $5. Sorry, I started fumbling that. So it's a great deal. Go to bluechew.com, type in black and gold. You get your order for free. You just pay shipping and handling and $5 shipping and handling. It's a great deal. So basically, in Bruins terms, if you're trying to be the 2011 Stanley Cup champions, the only way to go is Blue Chew, because if not, you'll be left like you're the 2013 Bruins, and you're leaving it on homeless in a minute and a half, and it's not impressive at at all, and then you'll be scarred for the rest of your life. You don't want that. You want everyone to be fans of you. You want to be immortalized. No, I'm just kidding. But Blue Chew is a great product. You know, I'm just being silly. Again, I'm having an off day. Can't get any wittier than that today, but in all seriousness, BlueChew.com, black and gold, great product, and Make your stick nice and wrapped tight up in there, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So we are moving on. We got a month. Always month. awkward to move on. No, I'm just kidding. What yeah. do we have? Oh, actually, it's not awkward, except for we're going to talk about how Saturday the game was canceled because of COVID. Five players in quarantine, right? Uh, DeBras, Corrali. Well, Corrali missed the game before, right? Yes. I think he missed Tuesday. So... DeBrus, Krejci, Corrali, Smith, the second line from the other night, Corrali, and there's one more person. I don't know why it's not coming to my head. Uh, but anyways, the boys are now in self-quarantine. They, The five players traveled separate from the rest of the team, but everyone is back in Boston, and everyone's in self-quarantine mode. But they have to all self-quarantine until Tuesday at least. That's why... Saturday's game and Tuesday's game versus the Islanders, which I mean, I don't really want to watch us play the Islanders anyway. So I'm all right with that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so 
an already packed schedule just got a lot tighter. And obviously the primary thing is the concern of the health. Um, this goes back to the Thursday game, right? Because there had been a couple assumed positive tests, a pl- uh, coach from Buffalo and Corrali uh, for us put on the protocol. And should we, should the teams had even played on Thursday? I know you wanted to bring that up that I just, you know, continuation from Thursday to Saturday. Now that we're talking about the COVID, do you think they should have even with one on each side have played on Saturday? I mean, on Friday, Thursday. Uh, no. Um, Jesus. I kind of think that if they didn't play on Thursday, that none of this would have happened. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the whole science guy and everything about this COVID. I don't know a ton of shit about it. I know it sucks and it's ruining my experience to watch my favorite Boston Bruins club. But uh, I just, it makes you wonder. I mean, a couple of people on Twitter said the same thing. It's like, you know, geez, should, should you have really played that game? And, and I don't know, maybe the NHL dropped the ball a little bit on this one. What are your thoughts? I don't know. It's just, it's kind of confusing to me. On one hand, I understand like Buffalo's already lost a lot of games played because of COVID. They had to be in COVID protocol for like 10 days. It was like, They've had, you know, gone through it. I am surprised, like in retrospect, I'm really surprised it would have played the game, given the fact that the Bruins have had two players test false positive, and now one of them is back in protocol, right? So it makes me concerned, like, did DeBrusque or Coyle even actually have it? They got the false positive, and then they got a false negative because the tests aren't exact. One would think that they get the quick rapid ones, and then they get the bigger one if, you know, it, it comes up. That's why they have to quarantine or whatever. Um, but it does make you wonder the next day when there was a different player on the team or whatever that went into COVID protocol and one of the coaches, why would you maybe have those two teams interacting? You would think they would have just quarantined both teams, even for the 24 hours, because there was a day in between. They weren't playing until one on Saturday. Even if you quarantine and canceled Thursday's game, you quarantine the teams in Buffalo for the two days and see what's up for Saturday. That makes sense. We don't know. It could be that maybe they all had false positives. It could be one of them came up positive. Uh, maybe DeBrusque, just speculated, not saying he did. But like, for example, maybe DeBrusque tested positive again after he had had the false positive and he had a negative. They let him play. Now him. So that would make sense. Now you're going to put Krejci and Smith because they're his line mates of the night on Thursday were right. You know, so it could be some of just primary secondary contacts. We don't know. It's not someone that in the, maybe it's an arena worker had something and now that's why, but I haven't heard of more people on Buffalo being quarantined. Right. Except for that one coach. So that does kind of concern me. Or staff member. A staff <laughs> member. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, I just, I don't know. I don't want anybody to get COVID generally, but I also just, these are the kind of things now where I almost wish this kind of stuff was happening earlier in the season. Not right now. Like the last thing we need, what if, what if they keep these players, these players can't play. And then we do get to play on Thursday or whatever next week. And now we have Krejci, DeBrusque, like that's. Yeah. Scary thought. Yeah, and I obviously want everyone to be healthy, too. So hopefully it's just maybe because close proximity. We don't know. Maybe it was a staff member in Buffalo the boys happened to be exposed to. And, out of you know, we don't know who might have tested positive versus for if you're a primary contact, just like the rest of us in the world, right? If the health department calls you and is like, mm, 
you've been exposed directly to someone who has it or whatever. So I don't know. It's just concerning to me, like health and schedule. Just I'm glad they're all back in Boston, though. But now it sucks because they start getting momentum. You know, I mean, from a hockey standpoint, they start getting momentum. They start getting their legs under them, as you say. And now who knows when they'll get to play again. Hopefully just Saturday and Tuesday are canceled and everyone's okay on the flip side. But it's just it's scary. Yep. And I don't want poor Buffalo. They can't go through. They've had a bad enough season. They cannot have COVID come back through their area too. Like what if we brought it there? It's our fault that they're going to retro get it again. Like that'll be that poor team. I would at this point, if I played in Buffalo, I would just burn the goddamn building down. Oh, can't, can't work. If there's no home arena, they can't make you go play in Toronto because the border's closed. So there you go. Jesus. Sorry. I don't know. I just, I don't know how to lighten up COVID, but it is a little concerned. The amount of players that are in quarantine. Yeah. But again, that could all just be contact or something like that. It might not be anybody actually has it. I guess um they I mean they don't get out the info, but I guess we'll find out uh Wednesday morning for practice if they let them out of COVID protocol, who's in and who's out of right. COVID protocol. Uh and on that upbeat note, let's give out our studs and duds of the week. Like that's and back to the boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Go All ahead. Right, um, you go first. This is the weekly segment in which we give out our studs and duds of the week. Um, I, I always have a hard time with the dud because I feel like there. So I think the dud of the week, at least for Monday's game, and even a little bit of, I guess, the rest of the games, is I'm still annoyed a little bit at team defense. So team defense on a whole, not the defense, but team defense. I know I wanted to give it to the power play a few times. I'm still just annoyed. I don't feel like, you know, again, I understand and I have eyeballs and I know Yarrow played like crap on Monday, but he also could use a little back. You know, when you're, when your goaltender's having a rough time, the solution isn't for you to play shittier up in front of them. Like the solution is to, I mean, they buckled it down as it went and, but still like it, I'm still a little mad, but my stud of the week, this was hard because I want to give it to David Krejci because I love him and he's got lots of points this week and he's doing David Krejci things even in the thing. But I'm going to give it to my boy, Matt Greslick. I think he's earned it. He's really been in the last week or two coming into his own and showing why, and this is something we can maybe touch back on in a little bit. Um, but he is showing why I think that him and McAvoy should just be the top line. I think if you had our top line of forwards and you had our top them as our top pairing D, that's the type of um, players you put on the ice that make other teams nervous. You know what I mean? And yep. I don't think we have a lot of combinations that truly make the teams that we need to um, be nervous of us. We don't look like ourselves. We're not playing like ourselves. We're not. And I think that he really has. I think Grizzlick has really shown his stuff maybe some of that veteran stuff you know you always think he's still yet yeah, but he's not he's one of the veterans like Grizz has been around a while he's 27 or whatever you know um but that's just my thought um on that so I'm giving Matt Grizz like my stud of the week and Bruins overall team defense still needs to wow me a little bit more like you're like the person who looked really good with like beer mm -hmm. goggles but now that I'm sober I'm really being annoyed with you I know you're better than this you look like a hot mess your mascara is all streaky can we clean it up a little bit and uh move on go ahead all right so my stud for the week is David Pasternak I've been seeing some really good things about David last week it's good to see him getting back into the point production there was a little bit of a lull not bad but it was just a little bit of a lull uh previously 
uh, to to last week, but he's um, certainly looking good. And you know, I do have to say praise uh, for David Krejci and, and his 700 points. We talked about it earlier, but getting him more consistently makes the team better all around. So um, that's um, my opinion on that. My dud of the week, and um, it's probably not going to be a very popular one, but it's Yaroslav Halak. Um, not overly, he did, he got the loss last week and he got a win last week. Okay. That's, that's fine. He redeemed himself on Thursday against Buffalo, but he continues to struggle with that glove hand and tracking it down is, is, Mm -hmm. is the most frustrating thing for me. Um, uh, on Thursday, I, it was a, I'm sorry, on Monday against Pittsburgh, there was one shot that, it did get deflected, and I understand what Raycroft's saying and so on. I totally understand it, but I could understand that if the play and the shot was coming a little closer. But this was far enough away that he, the guy, the Pittsburgh player put a shot on net, and it got deflected, and it went over his net. I still think there was enough time to say, oh, that's coming in a little higher. Move my glove up. I know the game's fast and everything. And I'm, it's coming from a. This is coming from a beer leaguer for 30 years, but still, he, we've seen it mostly all season. And even last year, he had trouble tracking the puck on shots that we all knew he could save. So um, something to work on. Something I'm a little concerned about. But obviously, the Bruins are not concerned about it if they if they're entertaining the thought of retaining him for a year or two um, of services. So just something that kind of got me a little riled up seeing that. Yeah. uh, Yarrow definitely has had a few rough games. I think, like I was saying before, I think a little with Yarrow too is just, he needs a rest too. And there wasn't, they still had to create a situation where it was a good time to bring Vladar in and to, you know what I mean? Get him up with them. And whatnot, but I mean, I think Yarrow's going to be all right. But I, I do think, yeah, I mean, he gets his criticism this week. Uh, but definitely on Monday, the whole team can suck an egg because, like I said, yeah, he gave up two weak ass frigging goals in the first period. But you motherfuckers had like forty nine shots on net and didn't you got one in? Yeah. I mean, I don't was that the number? But it was like a. Rid- I felt even worse when I looked at the shot total. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh my God, that makes us even worse. Cause it's not that there was no opportunity. It's just, we couldn't, we no it. like we need a net like three times as big. I don't know what's going on. Like we have a lot of good people, a lot of people who put up a lot of shots, but it's just this team again, continues to be confusing. It's like one game, you score four goals on 25 shots. And then, then the next day you score no goals on 105 shots. I don't, I just, I know that maybe that's a little hyperbole, but. That's all right. Yeah, so. And on that yeah. note, on that note, we're going to take our mid-show break and hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He has some fantastic stuff, folks. Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, um, and music stuff too. So he's got a really nice collection. He has private signings from players, re- most recently Brad Park, Phil Esposito, and I know that he's had Jerry Chivas in at, at his private signings. And we get all our jerseys from Bruce. So uh, just to tee it up a little bit for for uh, April, we're giving away a Charlie Coyle jersey. So if you want to. Um, get involved in this you got to go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate one dollar per episode and you get involved in this and uh yeah so we'll hear from bruce and we'll be right back 
Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. Hall of Famers Month continues and we are showcasing photos, jerseys, and pucks from the greatest players of all time. First up, score with hockey god Bobby Orr, 15 by 20 Deluxe Rookie Special Edition for just $189. 22 by 26 inch The Goal Special Edition for $279 or Deluxe GNR Authenticated Jersey for just $329. Hall of Famer Phil Esposito from our March 5th private signing. Score a white style or gold style jersey for just $149 delivered. An autographed inscribed puck for just $65. An 11 by 14 autographed photo display for just $79. Or a 15 by 20 autographed special edition for just $119. How about Hall of Fame legend Jerry Cheevers? 15 by 20 framed JSA authenticated mask photo for $99 or signed jersey on sale for just $79 or grab your choice of Coyle, Sanderson, Middleton, Busick or O'Reilly autographed jersey for just $89. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week Check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Hey, Bruins fans, we're back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Please go to his Facebook page. Send him an email if you see anything on that Facebook page that you might want uh, to talk about and get pricing on. He's got some awesome stuff. Like I said, we do have a Patreon account, uh, a campaign, sorry, uh, that we do every week here. And one of the the Jersey giveaways every month is something that we uh, get from Bruce because he's a trusted person and does everything on the highest of uh, trust, in my opinion. It's not one of those shoddy places where you get a um, a hand signed something and you're not sure where it came from or if it's even signed by that person. But at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, you can have the trust in Bruce Sullivan to get that done and uh, have everything documented on every signature. So check it out. Uh, Heather, we forgot to uh, mention something last uh, before we, we uh, had our mid show break. So why don't you bring it up right now? Yeah, I just, again, I'm not trying to be like BU bias, but uh, now that we've had another week with Grizz and McAvoy and seeing them together, and I don't remember the exact statistics, but Connor Ryan had tweeted out some crazy statistic about, you know, we're always talking about five on five scoring. Can we just, Maybe do you think just call it a pair like it probably should have been because they're showing that, you know, and I think I mentioned to you or that you're just we don't have lines that are scary. So I just I guess I just want like, should we just leave them as the top pair? Just leave them as the top pair and let everything else fall where it may in the bottom end. How they're working right now is is good. It's good to see. Absolutely. And it's good to see that uh, the next up mentality, even though Grizz has been in the lineup, but this is kind of a, a, a messed up uh, condensed season where we're having more injuries than I, I believe we ever would have in the past, um, especially on the, on the back end. But what are you going to do 
are you going to keep that line together? Would you keep that line together when Matt, uh, Carlo and uh, Lozon come back? Yeah, I'd, I would just put Lozon with Carlo and see what happens. One of the things that drives me nuts about Cassidy is stop breaking things that aren't broke. You know what I mean? Like in an attempt to fix all the things that aren't working. And for me, you leave your sure shit there, right? Like I'm not totally against, say, flipping Bergeron and Krejci. I think you'd have the same results if you had pasta. Like I feel like Krejci would be just as good of a center for them as Bergeron is and vice versa. You know what I mean? Yep. But I do think that numbers don't lie when it comes to your back end and the combinations don't lie and you can try to force things. And I'm not saying like Lozon and even Zabor, he played fine up with Charlie McAvoy. Right. But I don't want McAvoy in, this isn't a knock on anybody, but if him and Grizzly who have played together a while, they both know they played together on the same defensive system in college for a little, I know Grizz is a little older, but you know, like still like that, if it's working, wouldn't it be better for them to be a nice, solid veteran-ish defensive pair to let those kids look at? Because maybe that will help, you know, Lowe's, well, Zabor will say with his offensive side that you say that there's a little more of with Carlo, who's used to working more with a quick-moving defense. And that, that Grizz, again, like Tori and Grizz aren't the same player, but they have a lot of the similar – I get that. But at the same time, I don't want to create a situation where Charlie McAvoy went from being the one who was constantly mentored to being having to be the constant mentor either. You know yep. what I mean? Especially as we get deep going into a condensed – even more condensed schedule now. That's, I guess, my thinking is that – Maybe it's better for them to be solid and just say, this is how we're doing it, to redefine what it is to be the Bruins' defense now. It's a good thought, though, Heather. It's a, if, you, if they're getting consistency right now and we're seeing positive things, why not keep it going? Because the more chemistry these guys get together, they're going to get more consistent in their trust together. And mm-hmm. I believe that that going into a playoff season, series and first round hopefully they get their fingers crossed that they get in the playoffs yeah. i think by ha- having those lines steady a steady front uh first line on your defensive pairing is so important mm-hmm. and, and if you're going to continue to to shuffle things around it's not a good time to do that later on in the season or even headed into a playoff uh, round yeah and i also think like and i was saying this like we don't even as a Bruins fan, there isn't a lot of our play that I'm scared of anymore. Like part of what makes the Bruins, the Bruins is like people like, Oh shit, we're playing the Bruins tonight. And it's not every, it's not anyone's fault necessarily. You know, it's just, it's a transition year. We've had a lot of injuries. That's all excusable. But at the same time, if you can throw out Bergeron, Marshawn and Pasternak with Grizzly and McAvoy, I feel like that is kind of the combos that line up that, Team still like not because they like oh let I'm not saying they think we're weak and like that we can't beat them but just you know I'm just saying like maybe Washington's a little less scared of seeing how things line up against their people because it is also obviously game to game maybe their situation's not but I just feel like like that's the scariest thing we got right now the most consistent scary thing we got and you should ride it because we've been so inconsistent it seems kind of silly. Even when Lausanne, I mean, I'm more than happy for Lausanne to come back and like all of that, but just maybe him and Carlo are meant to be together, or maybe he's meant to be down on that third. Like we said, like when sometimes when you're the third pair, it's not a knock on you, it's just you need to have that third pairing to kind of knock it out the ballpark, you know what I mean? At those key yep. moments or whatever. So, I mean, I guess just switch it up, but one of the things that drives me nuts, I feel like 
you can't just get chemistry because you're all in the same locker room and have the same jersey on. Like part of chemistry is actually the repetition of having the consistency of playing with the same people all the time. That's great. We all know how to run this drill. But if I'm not always running this drill with you or this combo with you, it does play out different when people are executing with different people. So it's just a thought I had. I'm probably wrong. I'm well, sure it makes sense will, though. It makes sense. I'm sure someone will say I am, and that's fine because after all, I'm not a GM. I am just a hockey fan that it has been wrong before but i'm also right a lot so <laughs> just absolutely. don't gloat about it I'm just saying all right but right now who you do know your stuff this is my weekly make sure besides seeing what i see online mark give us what's going on down in the system we've had a few boys up with us this week but what else is going on with the hebrews yeah. and whatnot even though the Boston Bruins have been uh, incorporating some youth due to injuries and so on, and, and even if it's a, um, a thank you for your contributions and, we're, and we're, we're seeing you down in the minor pros grinding away or giving you a game to boost your confidence and so on, it is what it is. But um, good things uh, are still happening down in the Providence Bruins and the, and the American Hockey League, the top minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins. Um, it was two games last week. On Monday, March 15, 2021, at the New England Sports Center, the Providence Bruins beat the Bridgeport Sound Tigers by the score of 5-2. to two. At the 119 mark of the first period, Brady Lyle scored his fourth goal unassisted. In the second period, at the 448 mark, Robert Lantoji uh, scored his fifth goal from Cameron Hughes and Jakob Lauko on the power play. In the second period, at the 11.41 mark, Pavel Shen scored his first from Ian McKinnon and Yona Kampanen. In the second period, at the 12.07 mark, Tommy Cross scores his first goal since joining the, the Providence Bruins on a loan assignment, uh, assisted by Robert Lantoshi and Brady Lyle. Uh, in the third period, at the 16.20 mark, Tommy Cross scores his second goal. And uh, in, in concession uh, from uh, Alex Olivia Voyer and defenseman Brady Lyle. And uh, the that was it. So it, the Providence Bruins win five to two. I'm not going to talk about the Bridgeport Sound Tigers uh, goal scorers, but uh, new member to the Bruins organization since the um, uh, offseason, Cameron Bo- Callum Booth got the win, the first win in a while. And as a professional with the uh, Providence Bruins, uh, he got me 36 saves on 38 shots. And he was fantastic in that game. Really solid effort. But the second game of the week was uh, yesterday at the XL Center in Hartford, Connecticut on Mon- on March 20th, 2021. And this is the beatdown that I was trying to talk about earlier. The Providence Bruins get a huge road win Six to one. Um, this was a great effort, an unbelievable effort um, by everybody. Uh, Paul Carey scores his first goal at the 1845 mark of the first period. In the second period, at the 315 mark, Alex Olivier Voyer scores his second from Matt Philippe. In the second period, at the 1506 mark, uh, um, Joel Messner scores his first from Jakob Lauko and Cameron Hughes. Uh, in the third period at the 358 mark, Samuel Asseline scores his fifth from Anton Bleed, who uh, recently re- rejoined the team. Um, and at the third period at the 1253 mark, Alex Olivier Voyer scores his second of the game and third of the season from Ian McKinnon. 
And uh, to round out the final goal of the game was Jakob Lauko scoring his fifth at the 15-34 mark of the third, assisted by Cameron Hughes and Robert Lantoshi on the power play. Um, uh, Kyle Kaiser was actually in net for this game. He got the recall from Jacksonville in the East Coast Hockey League, where he was a seven and seven, and I think he had close to close to, but not yet three uh, goals against average at like two seventy, two eighty, two ninety, somewhere around there. Uh, in a in a decent uh, low, it's a higher than nine hundred, but a decent freaking save percentage. But that's the East Coast Hockey League too, by the way. So they're going to get a lot of ups and downs uh, in in wins and losses and so on. But he came up and really looked freaking awesome. Awesome. Like he like he never left the AHL. So it's good on Kaiser to get his confidence boost right there um, and good support because uh, Swayman and uh, Dan Vladar are up at the NHL level right now. Taxi squad or third uh, goaltender. Um, so really good effort from Kaiser. Real good confidence boost. The kid was freaking injured so much last year. Pretty much knocked out his first uh, career uh, pro experience. So uh, good on him. The Providence Bruins, uh, like I said, it was only two weeks, two games last week. Uh, and in 14 games played so far, the Providence Bruins are 11-2-1, and they have 23 points. And it, they're just blowing everybody away. The Hartford Wolfpack have a 3-6-1 record with seven points. And the uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers have a 3-7-0 record with six points. So they, they are just trucking this three-team division. Um, and it's crazy. Um, they're just playing some really good hockey right now. And some players that I do want to mention who are, are basically on streaks or, or doing, you know, good. Uh, Cameron Hughes, uh, 2020 regular season, leads the team with four goals, 11 assists, 15 points in 14 games. He's currently on a five-game point streak where he has two goals, seven assists, nine points in that time frame. Forward Jakob Lauko has five goals, eight assists, 13 points in 13 games played. Point per player right there. And obviously so is uh, Cameron Hughes. But he's on a four-game point streak where he has three goals, three assists, six points in that time frame. And uh, not streaking or anything like that, but do want to mention that uh, uh, – Paul Carey, Captain Paul Carey, was currently on his last year of his um, of his two way deal with the Providence Bruins and the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, scored his first goal of the 2021 season against Hartford yesterday in a six to one Providence win. Uh, but he's just been a really good um, complimentary player with assists. Um, he's got ten, so and he was uh, he's uh, he's off and on, not streaking or anything. But something to be said about the um, the leadership uh, that he provides to these young players, but also a, a player that can still put points on the board. So good on him for that. The Providence Bruins get back to work. There's only two more games left to go in the month of March. It's been a busy March. Um, Not as busy as the Boston Bruins in the National Hockey League March, but close enough. The next game is Thursday, March 25th at 1 p.m. against the Hartford Wolfpack at the uh, New England Sports Center. And the final game of the um, month is on Wednesday, the 31st at 1 p.m. Providence travels to Bridgeport to play the sound tigers. So that's it for the, um, the uh, down in the system segment. So thank you very much for letting me offer my opinions about that. Took a bunch of takes, huh? Woo. Hey, it is what I tell you. Just keep going. Look at that. I got Look it. It. <laughs> it is. It happens. 
anybody who has ever had to talk in front of anyone knows sometimes your brain is just not lining up to exactly. what you're trying to do. Your mouth won't line up with your brain. <laughs> like in your head, it's working, but it's not. We've all been there. <clears throat> so thank you for, all, as always, keeping us informed. Um, we try to, you know, if you do live streams or you're just doing whatever, try to retweet it and get people if they can uh, check in to check it out. But um, yeah, no, the Hebrewans seem to be doing good. Lots of uh, so good, great stuff coming out of there, man. I mean, even with the, uh, I remember last week. I, I think it was Monday, or it was it was a game before that. That Mark Diver tweeted out the lineup, and they mm -hmm. were actually playing with nine forwards or ten forwards. Sorry, they didn't have a complete line on the fourth line because wow. of the depletion above and all the injuries and so on. That they had to, you know, taxi squad members and so on had to be with the NHL at the NHL level. And they still won. They still busted ass, double shifting, doing what they could to grind out a win. And that's what I believe Jay Leach provides such a really good uh, uh, role as a as a head coach because he knows how much to push his players, how much they can take. And if they're not putting in so uh, um, a 100% effort, he can readjust his lineup to make it work out, even if he had a full lineup or partial so yeah kudos to the coaching staff to be honest with you and the players down there that are they're acting like sponges in this developmental system and trying to uh you know create a path um to the to the professional level in the best league in the in the world yeah no they do i always try to like watch jay leach's like presser after the game you know what i mean to see yep. um yeah but no they're doing good uh, people have been popping in out of the lineup on with the big clubs looking good so uh which is good because we have a lot of people on the injury list and, and apparently COVID protocol list uh and we may need more help i don't know how deep they they can go giving us players but um yeah, um so Tuka came across on the cap friendly onto IR the other day and people like and it's like, well, we know he's hurt. And obviously when you make seven million dollars, you need to. It's concerning to see that. But as of yesterday, Rask Lozon, Carlo Moore, Kasha, who we've seen nor high nor hair. I think he skated a couple times independently, but not with the team. Kevin Miller, who I think traveled with them when they went to Buffalo and stuff, but he didn't end up playing. And Zach Senishin. Um, there are different stages, of course, but I guess I just wanted to bring up, like, we know that we have a lot of hurt players, but it's concerning to have this many key people that you really want on your actual club going into a stretch of a lot of hockey games and a lot of little time. I know that doesn't make sense. I don't know. I just said that, but uh, see, I'm, I flub it up too. Yeah. But no, uh, a, there is a lot of games coming up in the, you know, the, uh, the rest of this month of March. And even April, it's going to get, you know, even more, probably more condensed. So you just got to be prepare yourself for it and be ready for anything. And no matter who you play, whether you play a team that you're really good against this year in this new division, this mass mutual freaking division, or you're playing the freaking Islanders or the Devils again, you have to be prepared no matter what. Yeah. Even if you play the Sabres. Exactly. Play the Sabres like you did on Thursday. Own them. Don't play them like you do Jersey. Like, I don't understand. Jersey, like, I mean, we'll talk about it in a few minutes when we do our coming action. But, like, Jesus, New Jersey makes – Buffalo's the new Detroit Red Wings. 
Like they, they finally, the Red Wings have a team to make them look not as much of a hot mess, even though they still are. Uh, yeah, but I guess just like, yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because I'm getting a little nervous and now we got COVID protocol going. So maybe it, it was more of a topic I thought of because I was a little panicky thinking, dear God, don't let them actually have COVID. I mean, which you don't want anyone to have anyways, but like, is this like they looked at somebody who had COVID because then now they've been exposed? Like, who freaking knows? And again, I do believe in uh, patients' right to privacy. So it's between them, their trainers, and whoever needs to be in the HIPAA know. But uh, yep. hopefully everyone's okay. But yeah, just like I don't see Tenorti on this list. So I guess that's good that he's expected, you know. Yeah. Even if he's, you know, from that hit last week. Um, but that was just something I wanted to bring up. So um, before, I know you have one that you're going to, we're going to put in here. I didn't know about so I listen to, as you know, three mazillion podcasts between history podcasts and true crime podcasts and hockey podcasts. So one of my favorite hockey podcasts is called The Hockey Think Tank with Topher Scott and uh, Jeff DeVecchio. Some of you might know Jeff DeVecchio's name, uh, but he trains people who are going in the junior, you know, like people who are on track to be the true professionals in the sport and stuff like that. But he also trains your boy, Trent Frederick. And when I was, I'm like, I need something that isn't like hockey central at noon or something. And I was like, Oh, I haven't, I have to catch up on hockey think tank. And lo and behold, two episodes ago on episode 148 was Trent Frederick, who apparently trains with Del Vecchio. Uh, great thing. So Anybody, I know you, everybody loves Trent Frederick out there. If you want to hear a nice story, you know, like a little bit more about him hearing, you know, from one St. Lou boy to another. Um, but it was an interesting thing, uh, an interesting interview to listen to. But so I just wanted to generally say, if you love Trent Frederick, which I know you all do out there, uh, maybe give it a listen. If you listen to this podcast, you must listen to other podcasts or you should. And that's a great podcast. They have all sorts of people from like people who train little kids through people who are training the professionals and just all different insights on how to build, not just body wise or skill wise, but just like being complete human beings, you know, with good worth ethics and really working and bringing out the best from top to bottom. Also like how to be the best coach you can be, things like that. So they always have someone interesting on, but go check out Trent Frederick. Uh, and that's that. That's a little mention for, that that's all I had. I had. I'm you know, actually I, trying to find it, was, it now. Yeah, it's was it was like March eighth or something. So it was only a couple episodes ago. Um, but yeah, also in queue is Brian Yandel. So they listen to a lot of different people. Uh, go back and uh, listen to that. But uh, I guess do are we gonna do that question that you said? Hang on, now? I'm trying to get the Think Tank podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Shall I go on? I'll give them a rave review. I oh, could okay. give you other podcasts that I love to listen to while we're waiting. No, hockey but it, Think Tank? Yeah, the Hockey Think Tank. With All right. I got Topher it. And Jeff. Subscribed. Subscribe. There you go. Nice. Everybody do the same. You're sitting here watching us on YouTube. Take your phone. All right. So um, a friend of the show, Chris Blackie, uh, he's uh, one of the hosts over the Big Bad Bruins podcast. Um, he was talking about um, trades. Uh, we're coming up to the uh, the April 12th uh, trade deadline, and there's, he saw the, a name that keeps uh, coming back. I heard it a while ago. Um, I thought that it might have been um, 
Getzloff, Ryan Getzloff. And I was like hard no on that. Getz, he's a freaking, mm-hmm. he's a center. We have enough centers. We, and we have enough centers that are not point producing on a consistent basis. Re- lately, they've done okay. Let's get consistent about it, though. But we don't need to mm-hmm. add another center. Our need right now is a right winger. And um, if you're going to try to make a push to either make the playoffs or a long Stanley Cup run, you got to have everybody, especially on the second line. Somebody's got to be next to Krejci and so on. But Chris brought up a very um, good thing um, after I said Getzloff, I don't want him. He's like, that's not who I'm talking about. He mentioned Ricard Raquel. So, and uh, Ricard plays, uh, I believe he's a versatile winger, left wing, right wing, which the Bruins are always like breed, if you if you know what I mean. Like, like, like Trent Frederick's a center, naturally, mm-hmm. but they've moved him over to the left because I think that's that's how they see his NHL appearance, you know. And then once something happens with departures this next season, Trent could possibly go back to the, you know, it's just a, a mixed pieces kind of thing. but. Chris Blackie says in a reply to me, which I screenshotted and I'm going to mention, he says a change of scenery might do him good. The Bruins wouldn't be taking on an expiring contract. Cap Friendly has him ask, uh, making just under $3.8 million next season. Uh, his versatility could be a huge bonus for the Bruins. And I thought that that was, a very, uh, that was um, very well said. But is that is that the type of winger that this Bruins team absolutely needs? I guess my concern with that is one: why why do we keep getting all the Anaheim's players? Why are they our trade partner? They're the only one who wants to trade with us. No, but I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's like trading for a winger that is pretty much the same kind of winger as we already have. Like I suppose I guess that depends on if anything else was facilitated in the trade. But I I probably wouldn't trade just for him. He's not. Like if we're going to trade for a winger, it better be like a solid winger, someone with a little clout in their name and whatever. Um, but as for pricing, he's just kind of a, I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's been around. Like the one thing about him is he does have veteran cause he's, you know, been playing in the league for a while. Uh, he was drafted in 2011, right? I think I looked up earlier by Anaheim. So he's got a lot of experience, but Overall, he's kind of like a Craig Smith. Do you know what I mean? So to yeah. me, wouldn't be like it'd be back on that wishing and hoping and hoping and praying. You know. Yeah. Now that being said, sometimes, like Chris said, a change of scenery does wonders for a player. And what I do, what I do like about um, his numbers is 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 his career numbers. Yeah. Those um, are- He's got 304 points in 479 games as a 27-year-old. No, I agree. I was going to say his overall career numbers are pretty good. Uh, but I just was saying, like, in perspective this year, like, what could he maybe give us this year if we had to go and get him? But, yeah, I mean, overall, he's solid. He must be pretty consistent. So that's just yeah. it. I mean, but I also just – if they're going to do it, it something's got to be bigger than that. Do you know what I mean? Are we yep. – what are we giving up for him? Because if we're just trading Anders Bjork for him, why don't I, I don't see. But it's not a plan. Team. It's not a bad plan B either. You know? Mm, yeah. But like if I said, uh, if you can't go after a certain somebody, certain somebody up here, that's going to garner a, a lot to freaking change. And it's going to change your freaking, your, your franchise. And you don't get them. Uh, Ricard Raquel down the list. Isn't that bad to go and target. And I agree with that, but your primary 
thoughts at the trade deadline should not be about worrying about getting another third or fourth line wing. That's a valid point. Let's be honest. Like the way that the team's playing this year, if DeBrusque isn't going to be Krejci's left wing, Nick Ritchie probably is going to be. Do you know what I mean? Like this is what they've done. So it's not like if they go out and trade for a player like this. I do like versatile players though, because part of the reason why you draft so many centers is because you can make them wingers potentially because you only need so, you know, you could always use more wingers than centers if you can lock down some good centers. Uh, but like I said, I just feel like we always feel like being a Bruins fans, like it's Groundhog's Day, the movie. It's the same conversations all the goddamn time. They should do a trade, do a trade, do a real trade if you're going to do it. If not, I'd rather just finish limping through this freaking year and get through and see what we can do in the offseason. Because I don't do what was his term? Did you have his cap? Like what is I don't Nah, I might I might look that up after but I just I guess it's like what you come with it but I don't I don't feel like yes as an alternative that'd be fine but that's not who I'm primary trying to go out to get if I'm trying to get a winger and I'm looking I would rather try and spend more money and get a more productive because what happens if we get him and yes he is a good you know a decent player but like I said I don't need another Craig Smith unless they're going to actually be doing what they consistently have done like this is kind of a freak year for Craig Smith he's usually much more consistent in his production uh and maybe this guy's the same way but I don't know I would rather at this point either just as from my standpoint either finish limping through this year good bad or ugly like we're fourth again. We're not going to play a couple games, but we have a good cushion with Philly below us. You know, if we can keep in, maybe we can get some people in in the next few weeks and then be ourselves. Uh, but I also would rather blow that shit up in the summer where you might have a little bit better options playing with some free agents that, again, like last year's class might not be getting as much money as they think they might be getting for their services. So that's yeah, just me. And, uh, Black and gold uh, hockey podcast writer. Um, Mike Craddy threw out some, an interesting one. I'm just going to add this to it. Mm-hmm. Just a, another, a little more content for the listeners, but he said he saw the following reader submitted a trade proposal in, uh, Craig Custon's latest athletic, um, article. And, um, Craddy says Jake DeBrusque in a 2021 second round pick for Kyle Palmieri. What do you think about that? And, and I mind you, Kyle Palmieri is set to be a free agent this 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 offseason so is it I, I feel like we talked about this a while ago but we is talk it, about Kyle Palmieri all the time <laughs> I know but is it is it safe to trade assets for somebody you could just outbid during the offseason coming up I don't feel like Kyle Palmieri wants to be a Bruin or he would have already been a Bruin as much as you or I and maybe some other people for his versatility and other reasons and just you know kind of style of play might want him here I would for a Kyle Palmieri but that being said, before that happens, I need to know that you've already talked to him about what he might want to do on the offseason. Are you looking for a new home? Maybe we can come up with a reasonable two to three year DLC if you like it here. You know, uh, you know, something sweet, but not, you know, I think it would be good for Kyle Palmieri to be surrounded by some other superstar. I'm not saying like he's the superstar of superstars, but, you know, like he's got a lot of talent on a team that is not the most talented team as a team, you know, even though there are good players. Um, that might be good for him. It might be something that he's looking into. I just would like a little guarantee. That being said, we have all, this is the first year in a long time that we've had all our draft picks. And we picked up Toronto's seventh round draft pick 
as well. So I think we have two in the seventh this year, if I'm correct. I don't know. I don't quote me on it, but I think this year we have them all plus Toronto. So if you're going to give it up, not the first round, but I would give up a second round pick for Kyle Part Mary. But again, I, not just circle Brown, but I would like a little guarantee that he'd seriously consider like Sweeney's already kind of given him what a future yeah. deal might look like. Come almost like a sign and trade, right? Yeah. Or like, Kyle Palmieri might just want a real shot at the playoffs. Yeah. That might be enticing. <laughs> just <laughs> little dig to the New Jersey Devils like an organization. So, I love it. I lo- you know, I have the soft <laughs> spot for devs. I'm not like trying to kick them when they're down, but they know they suck. They they can see how they play and we lose exactly. to them. So really, like I'm not throwing stones because you can beat up my team who's supposed to be better than you. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I, I guess I'd rather make a bigger move for like a Kyle Palmieri. But like you said, those players never seem to want to come here for whatever reason it is. Well, because they're not know. they're not traded here. They don't sign here. It's not. And, I mean, Paul, Palmieri's been under contract for the longest time. So it's right, not like the, that he went to free agency and, and said, you know, hey, you're not making me an offer that I can't refuse. So I'm not going to Boston. So no, he's I been under contract for the longest traded. time. No, I know, but I understand. But he's always trade bait, like every year. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Jersey might be willing, like they have to. But I also saw someone said, like PK Subban. I don't need PK Subban. Yeah, I saw. I that hate too. PK Subban. And you know what? If it was PK Subban eight years ago, then whatever. I mean, we need yeah. defensemen, and he was solid friggin' Norris candidate then. But I don't need this nowadays, PK. That's like saying, you know, PK you also want... comes with a heavy price tag too. To, yeah. uh, to you know to the end of his contract right now. So I don't know if that's it's hard to tell. friendly. Cause as yeah. always, we come back to, we need forwards and defense. Uh, oh, definitely. And it's hard to tell what you want to spend the money on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like we are young D I think we need help now, but I wouldn't go and spend a million dollars on a defenseman. Well, At the my- same time, I think we have enough, you know, people like a rat, you know, Rackle or whatever, or Rake, what's his name? Raquel. Sorry, Raquel. I said his name wrong. Sorry, Raquel. I was like, am I, sorry. Um, I feel like we have enough of those type of players already in the system. Like, do we need to go get him? Or maybe we could pull up someone else if necessary. I don't know. For me, if you're going to go out and get a defenseman, you do it with term. Don't do it as a rental. I'll be freaking bullshit if you give up assets to get a defenseman in here to try to do the winning thing. And then, Either you don't win and he doesn't like that and sign somewhere else, or he's on a he doesn't, or they don't lock him up. You know, I I, I really think that having that at least one year to negotiate and see if the team is going to be comfortable for longer term is always beneficial. So I hate the rental idea. I don't really like rentals either way. Like, very rarely does a rental lead to hoisting a cup. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I know. Just, I know. not just here, but anywhere. Some um, asshole's gonna come out there and say, Well, Cabriolet did it. Oh, oh god. <laughs> of course. Well, I would argue that he is an elite player, and that's why those things don't happen a lot. Um, I just I don't know. There, I just feel like there's no we're stuck as an organization, and this again, I'm not. I get everyone thinks that they're the freaking GM of this team. Unlike a lot of the crazy fan base, I know oh, it's I'm only my GMs. stupid opinions. No, like, that's what I mean. Like, I know it's my own crazy, like, in my own head. Whatever. I get, like, I don't know shit compared to the people who actually make the decisions. But it seems to me if you're always having the same conversations, again, we need to maybe give up on the fact that all of our little toys are going to be great, wonderful, 
all-stars in the future and use them to help make the ones that really are become those all-stars. Right. Make this team not totally fall off the cliff. Like I said, I feel like this season we're like going towards the cliff and we're pulling back. Going towards the cliff. Yeah, awesome. Roller awesome. Coaster. Yeah, and Absolutely. I just but it's the same roller coaster every year. Like as a fan, I'm sick of talking about Krejci's wingers. I'm sick of talking about secondary scoring. I'm sick of talking about how we could have had a better plan for the defense to start. Again, and that does not a knock to not let Lozano Zaboro come in, but have a backup plan for exactly when this happens, when your backups get hurt. Like, great, maybe you don't love John Moore, but not having John Moore as an option is a fucking problem at this point. Like, do you right. know what I mean? We we at least need him and Camper and them as our options to help come in and at least not cause damage. Again, be a warm body that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, that's just yeah. me. But, um, but- Let's talk Overall, about the upcoming games. Yeah, sorry, Chris. I'm, I don't know. People drop these things on us. Then my brain goes down the hole. So <laughs> Tuesday was supposed to be the home opener. March 23rd was supposed to be the home opener, but it is now canceled. So sucks to be you if you got tickets. I feel for you. I'm very sorry. Bruins, Bruins Luchador had tickets to that game. Oh, and I felt so bad for him. Sorry, dude. Oh, my that God, Luch. I'm Fucking sucks. We need you in there. We need yeah. Lucha on the screen. They need Lucha so, on the screen. He was so pumped for like two weeks that he was going to the game, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, I just feel for him. Yeah. Um. So if everything goes right, Thursday the 25th, we're going into a long home stretch right now. Well, we'll be home for a while, which I guess is good given the COVID situation. They're, they don't have to travel out of the city after they get released. Um. Hopefully we play the Islanders, I feel weird saying that, on Thursday the 25th would be great at home at 7 p.m. at the TD Garden. We also supposed to play on Saturday the 27th versus Buffalo at home and, I mean, Saturday the 27th at home in Buffalo and Sunday the 27th play New Jersey at, we're at home, I don't know why I'm saying in Buffalo, you guys know what I mean, Saturday and Sunday, Buffalo, New York. They're weird start times though, we've got like a... 5.30 on Sunday, and there's the 1 p.m. game on the Saturday for the matinee. Again, I don't know who thought that the national team would want to watch Buffalo, but that's fine. No, I'm just kidding. They're a great hockey market. Uh, but those are who we should be seeing. Um, again, the Islanders, they, I don't know, they're just a mysterious team. Like, they're second now. They had been first for a little. They're tied with Washington. Uh, we can't seem to beat them. Uh, but if we play them, you know, that's a hold your breath game. We can beat them. And we know that Buffalo's a dumpster fire and Jersey is slightly above a dumpster fire, but at least they're like, I'm not Buffalo. So, but New Jersey beats us. I don't know why a team with a 429 point percentage can beat us, but that's because the Bruins are magical and <laughs> they know how to be, they know how to be awesome and mediocre at the same time. It's like weird. Um, yeah, so that's it. Any thoughts on the upcoming games besides God? I hope they get to play games. Yeah, hopefully they get back and get get it done. Um, I know a couple guys at work have tickets for the Thursday game, so we'll um we'll see. But it's like breaking my heart, man. I know, <laughs> I know. Finally, we're gonna have fans, and there you go. Um, I, I I really hope that this stretch of off days that just occurred to them is not going to be a downfall when they do return, if they do on Thursday. Because we know how this team reacts to coming back from four a long days, period off. Yeah. so Four days off, it's the killer. Crazy. Yeah, it is. And we had the... 
It's always Buffalo. I feel like it's always Buffalo because before we had the Buffalo games had been canceled and then that caused that big gap. And then we lost, I think, probably to stupid Jersey or something when we did come back. Right. Now you got me worried. I don't want to be worried. <laughs> I want everyone to be healthier and more rested and come back and hopefully get some people in. But also upcoming action this week, I would like to remind everyone before we get into the home stretch of this bad boy, the NWHL is going to conclude the their season, their shortened season. They tried in Lake Placid on NBC Sports and on the sports app. They play on the 26th and 27th semis. Uh, again, the our Boston Pride will be playing on March uh, 26th versus the Toronto Six at 5 o'clock. And then later in the day, the Whitecaps and the Connecticut Whale will play respectively. Whoever wins gets to play for the Isabel Cup. Go Pride. And uh, very exciting women's hockey national broadcast. What? What are you laughing about? <laughs> Look, look, look at the uh, sports app. Oh. Like, <laughs> and BNC. Oh, I didn't even know this. It just shows. That it just that's proof. Just what a shit show. Oh this okay, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, Mark like has what I was saying, but says BNC sports app instead yeah. of NBC. So if you're like one of these idiots I laughing at. Wrong. Just remembered you can't see it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> At least I, I do you notice how I didn't even try and say NBCSN because I always end up seeing like them. Exactly. So I just said NBC Sports instead, like I should, anyways. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, go Pride. Yes, absolutely. It's good and to it, see these it, guys, get, these ladies, sorry, getting back yeah. on the ice, getting it done. Uh, last year, COVID ruined the Isabel Cup, and I thought mm-hmm. that the uh, Pride were going to have a real strong chance of winning after a 20 and 21 and one season. So mm-hmm. hopefully they get this done. I, I would like to see Minnesota and Boston for the final, too. Not that that's not all great hockey things. I'm not trying to diss the Toronto Six, but right. they'd be like the Vegas Knights. They just walk in and suddenly they're in the finals. No, I'm just kidding. They're the number one seed. But uh, yeah, I think that'd be fun. And it is at the Warrior Ice Arena. So I think that that's important to mention that the Bruins, they're not hosting, but like, you know, they're using their rank. I think that speaks a lot to how well they. Um, well, that's where they play all the time. The Boston, well, what I mean though is like to finish the tournament in Boston, oh. have all four teams come in. That speaks a lot to the Warrior Ice staff and, uh, you know, how well that when the Pride and the NWHL are there, how well it goes, I think is good. And it's good. It's a good space. We've been there, right? It's, yep. it's intimate. It's very, it's intimate, but you also, there's plenty of room that, especially with no fans in the stands or anything like that. Exactly. Certainly can accommodate there. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's it. Hashtag Ask BNGs. Last week, 855 questions. This week, just a few, but always. We have, I, I oh, found something. three of them. I thought we had oh. two, but I found oh. three. So I'm going to head over to. Oh, God. This ought to be good. I only saw two. No, I'm just kidding. So this is one is from Manny. And Manny Cardona asks, hashtag Ask BNG. If you could be a GM, what moves would you make? T- would you do to make the team better i feel like we just need to make one big move not a stupid move but we trade our first round draft picks for the next 800 years for a mediocre winger that may or may not help the team but if you're gonna make a move make it count for a kyle palmieri or a big defenseman or whatever sell the ship on it you know we do have a lot of just not like baggage. I don't mean to call them like that, but we have a lot of people in our system that can do the same thing. We have some assets that look good. Like right now you might be able to, I don't want this to happen, but like Lantosi looks better on, you know, to 
kind of having in your system than Jake DeBrusque at time, you know, like, so yeah. using what we do have, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying I want to give up Lantos. I just want to make that perfectly clear. That was not what I was implying at all, but like just saying we have, we do have some good, we can't keep all our prospects and they're not all going to make the team. So we need real help. Use it to get a defenseman. Like you said, maybe give up a second round draft pick something. They don't need to get crazy. Uh, we like picking late in the draft anyways. So second or third rounder, you know, I'm not giving up second and third round. Cause like I said, I'd rather limp through and see what the frig we can replenish in this weird draft, but also these kids popping up a little or seeing, I mean, it's a weird season to say, but I'm not selling the farm for the same freaking crap we already have either. That's just nonsense. Yeah. I don't know, Manny. I know that's the short order. I don't know the whole list who could be, and maybe nobody really can. It's hard to tell because you think teams are going to be selling because nobody has any money and everybody needs to get better. But at the same time, that also means if you're a team that has a lot of money, you can probably fleece a lot of teams that are desperate. So for me, if I was the GM right now, and it's, it's probably so unrealistic, but if it worked, it would kind of be genius in my opinion. And I know folks are not going to like this, but we need a right winger, and I think we need to address that now. And I, I, I do know that we need a defenseman. So why not the Bruins go at Detroit, who might be seemingly in a rebuild, and trade Charlie Coyle and a first-round pick to the Red Wings for Anthony Mantha. So here's the thing is Charlie Coyle's got longer term while Anthony Mantha has only got three years left or maybe two after this one. I'm not sure. So the, the contract's not very comparable as in length, but it is when you think about the money because you're swapping one out for the next. The other thing is, is we're very, um, we're not strong, but we do have a plethora of centers that are coming through the system. IE Jack Sidnika, you know, some, some Providence players uh, down, you know, plug and plays down there could uh, fit in as well as, uh, you know, the youth has been going into incorporated this year. So I don't know. It's just something that I, I want to see the right wing done. And, and Mantha is, is a consistent 30 goal scorer. The, the kid's a freaking monster, man. And he plays a really good heavy game along the boards. And I think he'd be a solid fit. I, the reason why I don't think it's going to go is because of the fact is that Charlie Coyle is so streaky pointless when he goes pointless it's it's a long period of time and i don't think that'd be a, very attractive to steve eisenman and the detroit red, red wings but i would i mean if that had to happen and you had to sweeten it up would you put throw in a jake nebrous two and a first round pick just to get mantha i don't know if that's going to absolutely work but i wouldn't give debrus and a first round pick if you're giving debrus two you're you're getting a second round pick so i guess it all really that situation i mean not a bad choice to maybe go after but i i also think it depends on what steve v is thinking he like he needs manta like he's one of his only good pieces like are you building this team around this like trying to appease these players and larkin and all of them and this is going to be your rebuild team uh or I mean, they've been rebuilding for like seven years so yeah for sure. red wings fans she's some crow but um really depends on what he wants like because he doesn't fuck around. Like he might say, I mean, Dabrowski is great, but I, I, you, can you guarantee me he's going to show up? Like he might want, but I don't think that 
I'm more likely, I think, for myself to want to give up a couple players and keep our draft picks or give up a very a lower draft pick than to even fuck around with the top pick. Like, I just, we haven't had it in so long. Like, we need it. The last time we really had our first round draft picks was the, like, I mean, just like a plethora of picks was when we drafted the 2015 draft. We haven't had a lot of high-end picks since then because we trade our first and second rounds like they're candy sometimes in certain deals that don't ever seem to work out for us. So I would like to avoid that, but that's not a bad suggestion. But at the same time, like I said, Stevie Y might be like, no, I need to retain these five players are supposed to be the basis of going forward. They got rid of Athanaseo or whatever his name is. Their last, what's his name? Athanaseo. Yeah. Last year. And I didn't think they were going to do that either, but you know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I still think there's enough time before the trade deadline. You know, I mean, if you're going to try and go out and get a Palmieri or some, you know, a Manta or something that you have to have a negotiation now. I don't really see a lot of people reaching out to us for things that we have that they yeah. want either. And that's part of the problem, I think. Uh, Why right. nothing works out? Go ahead. Let's jump on the second one. This is from the Nook the Bitch. Two-part question. Again, sorry. He loves these. Uh, since the since the outdoor Philly win, the Bruins have gone five wins and seven losses, played 12 games in 24 days with the last run of six games in nine days. Do you think this hiatus due to COVID will help the team regather themselves? They got to get healthy. I think those numbers will change around once some of those things happen. Um, probably not the best reply. I'm sorry, Nanook. Um but that's that's from me. Yeah, I just I hope it helps give them pause and, you know, rest and whatnot. It also concerns me because whenever we've had a lull in play, we play like shit, whether people are healthy or not. Right. And I don't mean to keep swearing, even though, you know, I love swearing. But I mean, these are descriptors that describe how we've been playing a lot of the last since the Philly game in Tahoe. And uh, I guess I can just say that I hope so. I hope so. I hope we get a few more players back because, again, people are at different stages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to come in. Um, we need help. But if something – if they come out and they play, like, yuck versus if they get to play the Islanders on Thursday or whenever they get to play, something's got to give. And then you are talking, I'll give you this, this, and that for that because either a wake-up call-wise or just if it's going to persist this way – if we look like we're not going to stay in the top four, we really are going to have to go and make an attempt, not saying cut both our arms off, but maybe have to sell one kidney to get something done. And that might be all right if it works out, but it makes me nervous because ever since that Rick Nash deal, which would was the perfect thing that was going to happen. That was, the, that was a Nathan Horton that we needed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> David Grady, I swear. Can't they get you wings? You deserve wings. You are the eighth top point getter or whatever. You deserve wings. All right. David Crazy sees the feedback and is like, dude, I'm not fucking magical. So the second part of the question, or has the hiatus due to COVID potentially stifled a good run to turn the corner on a difficult set of results and maybe the confidence boost for the team after a 4-1 win against the Sabres as they missed out on playing them again? Like getting that second win against them and getting that confidence boost. I do that. Like I just said, I think that's what worries me really in the end is 
they finally get a couple wins in a row. It was the first time they had strung two wins together in a row in five weeks or whatever, four weeks. And now, who knows? Now the downtime, I don't want people getting rusty. We know they can't even practice until after Tuesday, maybe. That's right. what concerns me. Like having the downtown before, downtime before, they needed the break because they were playing kind of in between crazy things. Now they had a couple game momentum and now they can't even practice. So at least they're not even together to kind of try and work out the bugs and stuff. And I guess that's kind of concerning is just the downtime and actual productive, at least skating that's going to happen over this four day, five day break or whatever it is. Um, all right. Well, thank you as always. Great questions, Paul. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, certainly appreciate that. All right. The feedback yeah. on. That's good. Thank you, Manny too. Yeah, thank you, Manny, and you know, really appreciate that. Hopefully, we tried to we tried our best to get these answers out. It's been a tough show so far. So, um, this week in Bruins history, I have a couple actually. Um, so, and some of them are from the great Mike Comito, which I absolutely love. And I I didn't know he wrote a second book that came out in late January. So go check it out. It's another hockey three six five. I think it's the second edition, but. Regardless, on this day in 1937, Boston's Milt Schmidt, Woody Dumart, and Bobby Bauer played together for the first time. The trio would form the famous Kraut Line. That's awesome. I love everyone's history. Yay. I love me the Kraut Line. <laughs> yeah. Now, on this day in 1991, Quebec's Ron Tugnut made 70 saves in a 3-3 tie against the Boston Bruins. It was the second most saves in NHL history. I remember this game. That was unbelievable. Tugnut. And in that same game, Ray Bork had a night of his own. He had was credited with 19 shots on Tugnut, an NHL record. Absolutely crazy. It was the Tugnut Bork shit. Tugnut Bork show that night. Yes. Ooh, that was hard to say together. I didn't anticipate Man. the names not blending quite as well as I thought they were going to in my mouth. Well, thank you for all the hashtag BNG questions. And thank yeah. you. This has been a show. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. I hope it's still enjoyable. I mean, if anything, hopefully <laughs> our wit will come through. Um, yes. Thank you, everyone. As I always say, leave a rating and a review. Thank you for always listening, even if you hate half of what we say. Even if you hate us and you keep listening, I appreciate that. Uh, but if you could leave a rating and a review, just let everybody know. Um, Please do. And uh, go to blackandgoldhockey.com. Lots of great articles, podcast networks, blah, 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 blah. We're awesome. I mean, look, I'm an egomaniac. I could sit all day long and say how awesome all the writers are and the podcasts are because it ain't fucking lying. So go listen. <laughs> if you're not, please, if you're already doing all this, share with your friends. I feel like yes. we have enough to offer. Even if you're not a, a Bruins fan, go out there and there's something, you know, for hockey fans. You know, I think that we have a great balance of all those things. Go and do that. Rate and review. Follow him. Follow me if you can see it. If not, it's black and gold. 277 Inga the Big Mouth and also at the Black and Gold Pod. And uh, Mark, take us yes. home. Patreons and stuff. Yes, we're gonna we have a Patreon campaign going on where you donate one dollar per one of these episodes. The information is below. Please sign up because we do uh kind of like a, a a prize thing. When you sign up, you are eligible for a weekly prize every week that we do a recording. Or we might do two extra recordings. Who knows? But you'll be charged 
under ten dollars. Let's just say that, right? Per month. Uh, at, right now, we're only doing four episodes, so it's four dollars per month. So it's a very, very minimal cost to help us run a sports media program. And for that, we take half of the money and buy jerseys. So once a month, we give away a jersey. This is a Charlie Coyle jersey, and this is going to be given away next month. This is the April jersey. So every week, we give away a prize, a Bruins-related prize. And this week, it's a Wayne Cashman hand-signed puck with a COA that comes along with it. And this week's winner is the awesome Marlene Daniels. Congratulations, Marlene. I will get your information as soon as possible and get you your signed puck. But if you want to be eligible for a weekly giveaway and a jersey, a monthly jersey giveaway, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast and donate just one dollar per episode to get to be eligible. Thank All right. You. We want to thank everybody, friends, family that for the shares, the retweets. You guys have been amazing, as always. I love you guys, and, and this is the uh, part of the show where we like to recognize our listeners and our favorite peeps. So our Patreon members are, are awesome. We have, like, almost 40 now. That continues to grow, so we're just going to keep rolling over and buying more shit. So it's awesome. But speaking of crap, <laughs> we're going to end We're gonna end this one. This, oh, yeah, this that's this was a tough one to do today. We, we just, uh, I don't know what the problem was. I, I was know. amped up to do it, amped up to do it, but my words were fumbled as usual more than, yeah. more than lately, but. Well, no, I feel like, like our energy level is good. I feel like we wanted to be the best yeah. we could be, but just... I don't think either of us are joining the army anytime soon because <laughs> the execution, but again, thank you everyone for listening to us. Good, bad, and ugly. And sometimes ugly, but All right. not so hard. We will end that right here. Thank you very much, everybody. Peace out. We'll talk next week. Hopefully, COVID, no COVID freaking uh, uh, postponements. We get back onto the ice on Thursday this week and Saturday, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll talk about it next Sunday when we record episode 222. So Mark Allred here for Heather Ingerson. Peace out, everybody, and be safe. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out!